You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Jets podcast for Thursday, July 22nd, 2021. I'm your host, John B. from gangreennation.com, and today our episode is brought to you by Locked On Fantasy Football. Winning your league starts with the right data. Vinny Iyer of the Sporting News provides you the edge you need in your fantasy football leagues. Locked On Fantasy Football is a daily podcast all year round, so your fantasy team never fails. Subscribe to the Locked On Fantasy Football podcast where podcasts are found. And while you are doing that, subscribe to this podcast, Locked On Jets, where podcasts are found. If you do that, we will deliver new episodes to your device each day as they are posted, as this is a daily podcast covering the New York Jets with new episodes Monday through Friday each day. And while you're at it, leave this show a five-star review if you enjoy it. It certainly helps us out, and we do appreciate it. Today is a very sad day for the New York Jets franchise, as news broke this afternoon that assistant coach Greg Knapp died from injuries he sustained in an accident when he was riding his bicycle a few days ago. The Jets put out a statement this afternoon from Greg Knapp's family, along with statements from Robert Sala and owner Woody Johnson. The news of Knapp's accident was reported a few days ago. He was in critical condition. Just truly, truly heartbreaking news. Knapp had a long and distinguished career as an NFL assistant coach. He worked for numerous franchises, the Raiders, the Texans, the Falcons, the 49ers, and he won a Super Bowl back in 2015 as the Broncos quarterbacks coach. Robert Sala hired Knapp as a passing game specialist shortly after he got the Jets head coaching job. Truly, truly awful news. And we're keeping the Knapp family in our thoughts today. Now on today's show, we are going to continue the positional preview series that we began earlier this week. And today we are going to look at the running back position. And this is a very interesting position for the Jets, in part because you don't really have any sure thing at running back. There are a lot of question marks, mostly due to a lack of experience at the position, which is not the worst thing in the world. You want your running backs to be young generally. There is one exception. There's a player who's a veteran who is trying to bounce back from kind of a lost season in 2020. We are going to talk about all of them on today's show. But it's also interesting because of the system the Jets are putting in. They're putting in the quote-unquote Shanahan system, a system where the staple play is the quote-unquote stretch zone, the outside zone, the wide zone. You know, there are lots of different ways I've heard the play described. And on this play, essentially, all the offensive linemen move laterally in the same direction off the snap. And... The running back is essentially receiving the handoff and he's angling his body kind of towards the sideline and he has to find the right hole to hit. He has to kind of scan the landscape and see where the best hole is and then hit that hole quickly. And this is a system that I think really became famous in the 1990s with the Denver Broncos, where Mike Shanahan put it in. He was Kyle Shanahan's father. And in some ways, I think you could argue 
this kind of revolutionized the position in the NFL and probably not in a good way for the backs who play in the league because Denver kind of devalued the position. Every single year they were taking some late round pick or an undrafted guy and getting a thousand yard rusher. This system essentially produced thousand yard rushers and eventually it evolved to a point where Denver began using kind of a running back tandem and in some ways it kind of spelled the end of the traditional do-it-all back in this league. I mean, they're, they still exist, but they tend to be the t- guys who are the best backs in the NFL. In fact, I remember you go back, I don't know, 15, 16 years, there were people who were talking about their frustrations playing fantasy football because Mike Shanahan was changing the NFL and it became tougher to draft running backs. So you could argue that the given the prevalence of fantasy football today, it had major implications where if you have a back who can do it all, who pretty much handles his team's entire workload, they become more valuable because lots of teams have backfields where there are multiple there are multiple guys getting handoffs. Sometimes you have a tandem, sometimes you have a trio, sometimes you have more than that. And that's what I anticipate for the Jets. I, I would be a little bit surprised if they only had one go-to back. I, I would anticipate you're going to have guys take on different roles. That's certainly the way things worked in San Francisco, which is where offensive coordinator Mike LaFleur came from. And LaFleur has spent his entire career coaching under Kyle Shanahan prior to getting the offensive coordinator job with the Jets. And that's kind of the way Kyle Shanahan has operated for most of his career. I mean, there actually have been some exceptions. Um, you know, if you go back to when Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator in Washington in 2012, Alfred Morris, who was a rookie at the time, a late round rookie, did emerge and he kind of did take over the job as the number one back. And there were not many carries to go around for other running backs. So in theory, it's possible. But generally speaking, when you have a situation like the Jets have, where you have a lot of unheralded guys and maybe one guy trying to rebuild his career after a lost season, I my guess is always that you're going to have a tandem situation. I do, I do think there is one rookie, and it's going to be no surprise to anybody, who could potentially seize the top running backs job. You know, if there is an Alfred Morris on this team, I, I think I have an idea of who it will be, and I'm sure you could probably guess it before I tell you who it is but my guess is that we're going to see something like you saw in San Francisco we're going to have lots of different guys it may depend a little bit on the matchup it may depend a little bit on who's playing well it may depend on other aspects that come into play during the week and on today's show ahead here on the Locked On Jets podcast I'm going to talk about the running backs on the New York Jets roster and expectations for them in the year 2021. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock up on all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning? Is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? And wait while the person behind the counter orders parts on their computer, choosing only the brands their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com in your home and in your pocket. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Save time and money when using Rock Auto, because Rock Auto's prices are reliably low for every customer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com
is the Locked On Jets podcast on this Thursday, previewing the running back position for the Jets in 2021. In the early stages of the 2021 NFL Draft, the Jets really focused on the offense. And in the weeks and months since the draft, I have noted on numerous occasions that if you really want to take offensive football down to its most basic elements, there are really four roles. You have the quarterback, you have the offensive line, you have pass catchers, and you have runners. And with their first four picks, the Jets took one of each. I remember watching the NFL draft as we got to day two, and part of me wanted the Jets to trade down because they had given up a pair of third-round picks to move up for Elijah Vera Tucker, but I felt like I'd be okay no matter what they did, as long as they did not take a running back because, as I mentioned in the first segment, there has been a theme over the last, oh, two decades, you know, decade and a half to two decades in the NFL where the running back positions have become devalued and it's become easier as a result to find quality running backs. And I did not want to use an early second round pick on a running back. And part of that equation was I felt felt like the Jets would be able to get a quality running back later on in, in the draft. And I think that's what they did at the top of the fourth round when they got Michael Carter out of North Carolina. Now, I think if there is one player who emerges as the go-to back out of this backfield, it will be Carter. I don't want to put those expectations on him, though. I do think there are expectations because all of the talk that he was a steal in the fourth round, lots of people said he should have gone earlier. There's plenty of talk that the Jets may have taken him if they had had one of their third-round picks instead of trading up for Vera Tucker. Carter may have been the guy they took in the third round. So there are expectations here, and running back's a position that tends to be more plug-and-play than other spots on the field. You know, Part of the idea of getting a guy at a position who's been devalued in the fourth round is that he should be able to give give you immediate contributions in a way a guy at a more prominent position like say wide receiver might not be able to so I think there are expectations on Carter and I think he's a good fit for this wide zone system for me it's not so much that he has to take over the entire workload but I think that there is going to be like you know even if the Jets have like a one and a one a I think he's got to be the one. You know, I think he's got to be the guy who maybe is like half a step above everybody else. He's the guy that you want getting, you know, even if he's even if slightly more carries than the second guy, that's the guy I want it to be. So I, I think there are expectations. I think for me to look back on this as a successful year for Carter, he's also got to produce. You know, he's also got to put together a decent yards per carry. He's got to hit some home runs. These are things that are important. But I think for me, I'd look back on this as a, as a successful year for Michael Carter if he becomes the lead guy and lead is kind of a relative term when you're talking about a backfield by committee, which I, again, I expect the Jets to have, and maybe he can surprise me. Maybe he can become the guy and that would be excellent for the Jets, but I, I don't want to put those on him. I, I want to put some expectations. I don't want to put crazy expectations on him though. Now for Tevin Coleman, who the Jets signed, I think the expectations are that He's got to be like that that one that one A guy, you know, that guy who's right behind Michael Carter. And I think he's got a lot to prove. He's the one guy who has a track record in this league. He had some very good seasons with Atlanta. In fact, you may remember there was some buzz. The Jets may have been interested in him in free agency a couple of years ago if they did not sign Le'Veon Bell. And then after that, there was buzz that he was the guy Adam Gase really wanted in, instead of Bell. So, I mean, I guess we can give that one to Adam Gase. <laughs> He went to San Francisco, however, and LaFleur was a coach on that staff when he played with the 49ers, and he had a decent 
2019 season, he played 14 games. He had 544 yards, average of four. So, I mean, he played decently. I think he was a little bit of a disappointment, though. And then 2020 was a lost season for him. He only played eight games, only 28 carries for 53 yards. And, I mean, there's a question, you know, in a season where he's going to be 28. 28's kind of old for a running back. It's Running back might be the only one of the few things, not just in football, but in life where 28 is old. But it is. And, you know, he's, he's been in the NFL quite a while. I think he has to prove he still has some burst. I think he has to prove that... He can still play in this league. Now, one thing I will say for Coleman is that if you go back to his days in Atlanta early in his career, the first four years of his career, he distinguished himself as one of the best receiving running backs in the NFL. And I'm not just talking about his hands. I'm not talking about him just making catches. He was also an excellent route runner. So if he does have anything left in the tank, he can different things on the table for this offense you know he you can maybe put two running backs on the field at the same time and you utilize Coleman's skills as a route runner I think he's as much of a wild card as all of the young unproven guys though just because of how little we saw from him in 2020 and I think when it comes to Coleman it's almost kind of a zero-sum game between he and LaMichael Pirine because Pirine had a very unremarkable rookie season and there were plenty of fans who expressed frustration that he did not see the field more frequently. And look, he should have seen the field more frequently. There was no way the Jets should have given Frank Gore the role that he had. But I have to say, I was never that excited about the Pirine selection when the Jets made it in 2020. And it was just because there was nothing about his game that wowed me. I mean, I, the one thing I'd say is that he had decent hands in the receiving game. But, you know, when I was talking about, like, how good of a route runner Coleman was I, I never got the impression P Ryan was an exceptional route runner he's, he just had good hands you know he could he had a decent catch radius when the ball's in the air and beyond that I mean there, there was nothing exceptional about his burst there was nothing exceptional about his vision and there have been rumors that you know maybe he was a guy Gase pushed for and you know those are rumors so you know we can't say whether they're true or not but if they are then this is a new coaching staff and he may need to show something you know this was not even though he was a rookie last season even though he did not get many touches I think you have to say he was kind of outplayed by some of the other guys who replaced Gore when Gore in the the games Gore did not see the few games Gore did not see much action so Piran's got to come in and I think you know for me to say this is a a successful season he's got to kind of distinguish himself instead of Tevin Coleman as the guy behind Michael Carter and, you know, I don't know whether maybe that's not a fair expectation, but that's kind of the expectation I have. For me, it's kind of time where P. Ryan needs to put up. You know, last season, he did not get the, on the field much. Maybe he should have. Well, there's, he essentially has now a fresh beginning with Robert Sala coming in. So it's he has a chance to prove that he belongs and that he can produce on the field. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game. Head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code LOCKEDON. It's one word with no space, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. This is the Locked On Jets podcast on this Thursday, previewing the running back position for the New York Jets in 2021. 
we have now gotten past the guys I view as the main players, and we're moving to some of the guys who will be competing for roster spots at the back of the depth chart. And that brings me to Josh Adams, who played pretty well during the few occasions where he got an opportunity last year. And I view Adams differently than practically every other player at the running back position on this roster because that wide zone scheme I was telling you about that play, it doesn't really fit Adams's skill set all that well. Adams is more of a north and south runner, but I think there's a role for him. I think he's going to be a more limited guy. I think that he his role might be very focused, but I don't care what system you run. You need somebody who can get you tough yards and run with physicality. And that's the role I could see Adams potentially playing. He's a guy who, you know, you could argue is kind of like a one-trick pony. But that one trick does have value in the NFL. If you get into a short yardage situation and you want to run between the tackles, you need somebody who's going to run tough. Or a situation within games where the Jets have struggled quite a bit in recent seasons, what's known as the four-minute drill. And that's when you have a lead with under four minutes left in the fourth quarter. And essentially, you're trying to run the clock out. And that means you're trying to keep the ball through in the middle of the field. You tend to, to become a little bit more conservative. You don't try and throw the ball downfield as much because you don't want incompletions to stop the clock. But you still want to gain yardage. You want to move the chains. In the four-minute drill, you essentially want to run the clock out. You don't want to give the other team the ball back. And nothing helps you more in those situations than a tough north-south between-the-tackles runner who can break tackles and grind out extra yardage. For me, that's the role for Adams. I don't see him as a guy who fits in as like the number one back or the number two back. I don't see him as like as part of the running as like a running back tandem. I see him as having a very specialized role within this team. And it's a role that could have some degree of importance. And then that brings us to the last two players on the roster. And really, I mean, I think for these two guys, success would be showing enough to make the team and, you know, getting a role as a backup. And there's one name that may be familiar to you and one that's probably not. Ty Johnson is likely the name you're familiar with because he saw some playing time last season along with Adams, especially late in the year. And he played pretty well. I think for Ty Johnson, it comes down to how quickly and how well he adjusts to the new offense, how well he's capable of executing that stretch run play. And it's not out of the realm of possibility that he could find a bigger role with this team than just being a backup, than just being a depth player. Because one of the enduring traits of the quote-unquote Shanahan offense is unheralded running backs frequently emerge on the scene and end up producing. I'm just saying that I don't think Ty Johnson needs to have a monster season for this to be a success. I think him making the team and him earning a depth role would be enough for me to view this as as a success. And if he does more, that would be great. But that's kind of my baseline for him. And then the name you might not be familiar with is Austin Walter. And He's a, he's a guy who played his college football at Rice. He's been in the NFL a couple of seasons, and same thing. I mean, I think ultimately his goals are probably not that great. Is this a guy who's going to end up being a starting player for the Jets? Probably not. I think if he ends up being a depth player for the Jets, that would be great. And if he's more, that's even better. But I, I don't have particularly high expectations for him either. 
Anyway, that's all for our show today. Thank you for listening. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, if you enjoy the show, subscribe to it and leave it a good review. Have a good Thursday, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow to close out the week.